Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan, part of the Blue Wire Network. Make sure you guys are searching Blue Wire, checking out Blue Wire Buckets and all the other great shows we have. With you today, we have a really good show as well. Uh, I have today my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? It's your boy. I figured out how to turn my camera onto widescreen mode. So uh, it doesn't look much better um, as my more exposed office is uh or my empty office is even more exposed but i'm not eating up 97 percent of the frame so <laughs> i think uh on balance it's a win i i, I think it looks a lot better oh, uh, thanks, more widescreen babe. more widescreen 2k19 widescreen um, season <laughs> uh with us today we have a very very special guest from the athletic our boy dave dufour favorite guest of uh, our listeners how's it going dave uh you know how many podcasts i go on and they tell me oh you are back by popular demand people keep clamoring for you to come around you're the best guest we've ever had wow <laughs> you're a beautiful man you're the best looking person that's ever been on this podcast feed gosh i mean i can't even list all of them there's so yeah many. humble humble too. so many humble too. well I, i'm just telling you what other people have told me i you know not, you know what there, there's nothing something- there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of negativity yeah. in the blog game. And I think it's good. It's good that you are aware of how beloved you are, Dave, because it's really, really appreciated to have you on. Uh, before we dive into this, two things I want to address. First of all, I want to send out well wishes from the podcast to Dan Gilbert and the Gilbert family. Um, that's a really, really scary situation. I just lost my uncle to a stroke uh, last month. So I definitely know how scary that can be. The other thing, Dave, I need your take. This is now what go, going to be what we do every single podcast leading up to the draft. I need your take on Cam Reddish. Because you told us to not hate on Colin Sexton, to give it time and believe in him. We're we're not the biggest fans of Cam Reddish at five. Okay. We're, we're just we're not. So I, I need your take on him. But how did I do on Colin? You did pretty well. That's right. that's that's why I value your opinion. That's why okay. we value your opinion. So here's what I'll say about Cam Reddish. Cam uh, needs a good environment, needs a strong coach, needs a strong system, I think. Uh, he needs a coach that's going to hold him accountable. He needs teammates that are going to hold him accountable. All of the pieces are there. Right. He's a good athlete. Uh, he's like, I don't know. He's got some issues with the shooting form. That's going to need work. Uh, mm-hmm. In theory, he could shoot, right? Like he he's a theoretical 3 and D guy. If he puts it together... Wow, that's a really good player. Maybe, you know, potentially an all-star if it all gets put together. I don't hmm. I don't know that it's gonna get put together. Okay, there there it is. That's yes, where it, I'm at. There she blows. There there's the truth. I, I mean to me, my big thing is I don't think he's gonna be a bust, but I, I think you're probably looking at like a three and D guy, kind of like a, a Marvin Williams type. And that's nice. It's just not exactly what I'd want at five, especially with how high I am on Jared Culver or even DeAndre Hunter. Like, I I think one of those guys fits just way better for the Cavs. I wonder if the Cavs, I mean, they've, they've really killed it with their moves this whole season. 
I wonder if they can't convince some team to sell low on a guy that maybe they're just like off of. Like, mm-hmm. could they could they trade number five for Josh Jackson? <laughs> no, what are you doing? Why do you oh, want to do that? Well, hold on. I think Josh Jackson's better than Cam Reddish. Yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know. My thing is, Woo. first off, I'm I'm. Now, by the way, Josh Jackson is the first guy that popped in my head. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Like D'Angelo <laughs> Russell would have been a good candidate two seasons ago. Well, I, I mean, as much as Justin can probably, um, you know, relate to people who are trying to get into the club or into a VIP area and aren't allowed, uh, I don't know if Josh Jackson's the guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who among us? Who among us? <laughs> yeah. Um, who among us hasn't been left out? By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to shit on my least favorite form of person in the world, which is the the club bouncer. Because oh my goodness. <laughs> because here's the thing about uh, going to those kinds of bars. I don't want to anyway. I only go to those places if I'm dragged along by my significant other or my particularly broy friends. So and when you're wearing your team issued half zip. Oh, when I wear my team issued half zip. So well, then then you'd have no problem getting it. I have no problem getting it. If, 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 if you're wearing that, you don't even need to go in the club. You stand outside the club. And then the women in line just audition at that point to 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 be esquired for a drink. Scout by Justin. But my overall gripe here is that I don't want the bouncer's approval, yet I have to ask for it. And that is I don't like that. Because I don't even like them. And I have to be like, hey man, how's it going? And I oh, I'm just in such a bad mood the whole time. But to to actually circle back to this point uh, about the, the drafting reddish and whether that is kind of the right move for the Cavs to go. It feels like if the Cavs are being smart, cause you know, our good friend, Trevor Magnotti, who we had on last week, uh, kind of talked about how if the Cavs have actual real ex- realistic expectations for Culver, then he might be a really nice role player, a guy who can shoot a little bit. If it, if he figures it out has good mm-hmm. defensive switchability, but it's like, if you, if that's what you're looking for, I have a nice, uh, a, a nice hunter there for you at five already. Like, <laughs> Like, isn't he just a better version of what you hope Reddish is going to be, Dave? Probably. Yeah, because he's ready to go. But but the issue is, that, I mean, the timeline of this team, right? Like, they, they're they not going to be good for, you know, when's LeBron coming back? Oh, um, 2022, I think. So well, we'll already be coming off a conference finals run. That's going to inspire him right, to come right, back right. to the victory. Right, time. right. And, but, but LeBron's going to be Carl Malone then uh, yeah. with the Lakers. Yep. So, you know... I don't. I mean, they're not going to be good for like four or five more seasons potentially. Man, it, it's going to come full circle where LeBron chapter three is going to be like Shaq's chapter in Cleveland. But um, <laughs> obviously, we're a ways away from that. We'll we'll see what happens. My personal take is I don't think the Cavs are staying with their picks. Uh, I don't think they're staying with five and twenty six either. They're trading up with twenty six. They're trading back with five. They're trading up with five. We'll we'll see what happens there. It, it's yeah. going to be really interesting, but uh, I I think we're also really early in the process. We we haven't really gone into all the workouts, and, and it's hard to say um, who's going to impress, who kind of feels like they're going to fit into the team culture because the Cavs do seem to be trying to build a culture and try to build an identity. You see that with Colin Sexton and these other guys that have a, a really strong work ethic. Yeah, I agree. I mean. And, and they, don't forget, they've got Kevin Love. They've got J.R. Smith's expiring. Yep. Um, they're going to have cap space. So they're going to be able to take on some other team's bad contract. Uh, 
potentially with more years and possibly get another first round pick, maybe not this year, but next year. Right. Um, so they actually have a ton of flexibility. Like this is, if you're going to be a bad team, this is a good position to be in. Yeah. They have plenty of assets and tons of flexibility financially. So, you know, despite the, the desert of assets that were left behind LeBron, they've done really, really well to recover themselves. Like, I think they'll probably be in the playoffs in like three seasons. Like, I'm I'm going to take the under. Yeah, Justin, Justin's like Next Justin is such a big fan of this team right now. I'm just not there yet. Yeah, remember no, Atlanta's going to make the playoffs next year. Fair, fair. Right, they're really good. I like they had they had a stretch there where they were probably the best offense in the league. Do Do you uh, think they're going to take Culver when they trade eight and ten for five? <laughs> I think actually, you know, they might they might take Culver. Or or Hunter, you know, whoever's there, they're looking for somebody who's ready to play. Right. Because the guys that they have can already play. Herder can play. Obviously, Trey Young is special. Uh, John Collins is fantastic. Um, they're they're Atlanta is super interesting to me among the teams that missed the playoffs. It's funny because they should have gotten the number one pick. <laughs> Would have been like way cooler. Oh, there's there's right. now should have a eh? there's well, there's deserved in all this. If we're awarding it based on merit. Right. Mm-hmm. They tried to win every single game and got better as the season progressed. Okay. Yeah. And, and played themselves out of better lottery position because they got better. I, I would, I would have loved to have seen them. Yeah. I think they were tops on my list for, yeah. um, I'm premier. cool with New Orleans having yeah. them though. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm glad I went to a team that wasn't tanking. That was trying to shut down Anthony Davis and all their other guys. Well, no, they were tanking. I'm glad the, the Lakers got oh, it after tanking. they shut down LeBron. They clearly weren't tanking. Everybody was tanking by the way, except <laughs> for like Atlanta. Yeah. I, Dave, luckily it's, it was really important to me because I remember I was really in my feelings the day after the lotto and like about how much I hated the new reform. And I was like, Dave, tell me if I'm crazy because <laughs> is it just because I'm mad? Is it is that why I'm upset? Is it because I'm upset that the Cavs didn't oh, get a good pick? You were and upset. You were, and you were right there with me. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but but this didn't fix tanking. It probably made it worse. And I do think if you want to fix tanking, there, like if you're going to keep a lottery, every team has to be in the lottery, unweighted odds. That's yeah. the only way to fix tanking with a lottery. That's it. Yeah, so I mean, 30, and then you'd have teams tanking out of the eight spot, by the way. Oh, all 30, oh, no, yeah, yeah, all, all 30. 30. Yeah. Everyone is in the lottery, unweighted, completely random. Man, I just I, got compared to Tony Stark. Oh, it. yeah, I love that, yeah. Thanks, but Con dead, Rich. But dead Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. well, Spoiler say, alert, before, bro. Before any character growth, Tony Stark. Listen, if you haven't seen it by now, you're not seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think we, I Although, have this theory that... Uh, Thrones season eight was the end of the uh, avoiding spoilers Dude, society. We just stopped. Everyone just gave posting, up. There were people, basketball Twitter people during a playoff game, posting video from the episode of major moments <laughs> as it was happening while there's a basketball game on. <laughs> yeah, it's over, man. We lost. Savage. Just savage. Listen, they suspended Rex Chapman's account. Because I don't know why, but they should have. Because done he's it. friends with Michael Rappaport. Well, they should have done it, and I like Rex, but they should have done it when he posted the freaking mountain, uh, the Clagane Bowl, in the middle of the Portland uh, Golden State game. Or That's whatever. on you for watching that series. No, no, I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you don't watch Game of Thrones? 
Uh, no, I meant Blazers. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we meant Blazers hey, Warriors. Listen, Carter, some of us have jobs here oh. in basketball. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mr. Full-Time. Well, yeah, you know, you I, I think that uh, as much as everyone tuned in to uh, hear us talk about the Atlanta Hawks and, and a three-week-old episode of Game of Thrones no one liked, um, <laughs> we probably should talk about the NBA Finals, which gets started on Thursday. Yeah, especially uh, because we're in a post-spoiler society, and, yeah. and Dave knows what's going to happen. He knew Colin Sexton was going to take mm-hmm. a leap. He, he, he knows what's going on. He's in the know. That's why he's a paid professional. So that's why we're previewing the finals with him. I have been awful. He's going to tell us why the Raptors are going to win in six. Yeah, what, what do you think is going to happen? I'm asking for a prediction now. I don't see the value in Up waiting to the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have Warriors in six. Okay. And I think it could be five if KD comes back and is healthy. Um, I think Toronto is going to win game one. And we're okay. going to have a couple of days of, oh, can the war? Oh, they, they have the Warriors number. And then it's just going to get shut down. So the Warriors are coming off nine days off. That's a really long time. It's funny because Magic Johnson was talking about this. And like when he can talk about some actual like basketball stuff. Mm-hmm. that isn't about necessarily the league but just general basketball ideas like it's pretty clear that this guy understands what he's talking about <laughs> yeah talking I, about I, I think he if he was ever a player i, I think he'd be a, a pretty high iq yeah guy. he'd probably be okay and yeah. nine days off is such a long time that you know we know that these guys like this is year five of this title run mm-hmm. uh, you know th- we know they're probably not scrimmaging hard in practice although Apparently they did have a scrimmage and, and Boogie Cousins looked good, which, by the way, not good for them. No. Like, playing Boogie makes them worse. Yeah. Uh, D- doesn't playing Boogie, sorry to cut you off, but doesn't no, playing Boogie just make it easier for Toronto to play Marcus All? Yes. Like, I, I feel yes. if Toronto, if you're giving Boogie 15, 20 minutes and you're playing Kevon Looney, uh, let's say 10, those are 30 minutes right there that Marcus all can play. And I think that's a, that's a huge net positive for the Warriors. I, well, I think and it also puts gust, but uh, I, at least at the beginning, I, I don't think that's going to work out well for them. It also well, puts two attackable defenders on the floor for the Warriors. I know everyone always talks about how Steph is very underrated as a defender. And as much as Cavs fans might chafe at that, they're right. But he is someone who you'd rather go at than Clay Thompson or Iggy. And, yeah, uh, you know, if you want to run some pick and roll, uh, that really nice uh, dance two-man game between Lowry and Gasol, I'm much happier running that at those two. <laughs> but if Boogie's on the court, though, he can't guard Gasol because you can't have him, you know, 25 feet from the basket guarding Gasol because we saw Gasol with the little pump and go. I mean, he was destroying Brooke Lopez with that. So what ends up happening is you have Boogie trying to guard Siakam. And transition and have, will be a bloodbath. Yep, and you have Draymond guarding guarding Gasol. This is a series. If they play Boogie, they have to play him as the backup. And then he, maybe 10 minutes. Just like, okay, we got to give uh, Steph and Clay have to be off the court for like eight minutes together in this game. Yep. Boogie's going to go in there. We're going to slow it down. We're going to run things through Boogie on offense. And we're going to try to tread water on defense, meaning it would be Boogie, Draymond, Iguodala, um, I'm assuming McKinney, and Quinn Cook. Yeah. If I was just throwing it out there. Um, but I think for, for the Warriors, listen, we know what works for them. Go small. Just go small early and often. If if the Warriors just would run their best five as much as they can, they could end this in five without KD. 
Okay. But yeah, and Steve well, Kerr here's the thing: we we learn in 2016 that Steve Kerr has some hesitation when it comes to limiting the rotation. He fully believes in the strength and numbers thing. And my big thing is, I I'm a little worried. I'm a little concerned because even against the Bucks, there were stretches where Toronto just was afraid to shoot like they right. will always look for the perfect shot and you can't do that against the warriors you you have to take good shots when they're available marcus all can't right. hesitate that's something that was mentioned in our twitch chat as well is what happens if marcus all refuses to shoot now the one thing i i think boogie could provide them with some offense but i, I think marcus all's defense especially if boogie isn't in the best shape of his life coming off that injury sure. I, I think he's going to do a really good job of limiting him and shutting him down. He, he did a very good job against Vucevic. He did a very good job against Joel Embiid. And I, I think that that's a matchup that favors them. But if Marcus All isn't testing the Warriors at all on the other end of the floor, then again, you're starting to get into, is Kawhi doing everything on his own? Because if Kawhi's doing everything on his own, I think Iguodala defending him with Draymond providing help, that, that's going to wear him down. That's going to wear him down over the course of a seven-game series, the same way the Warriors' defense wears down James Harden over the course of right. a Here, here's well, a, They have three guys they can throw at him. Yeah. Sorry, Carter. Go ahead. Uh, here's just a general question that I'm still trying to figure out because I think this question will actually determine how interesting the series ends up being from a competitive standpoint. Uh, is this going to be an ugly series? Because if it's ugly, I think the Raptors have a real chance. Well, I mean, their defense certainly has the potential to to make it ugly. And if they defend like they did against the Bucks, it could be. Like the key to that Bucks series for them was limiting transition opportunities for for Toronto. They weren't letting Giannis get ahead of steam. And I've described this, you know, against the Bucks, the the goal in transition is to cut off the dump. You got to cut off the lane, and you just don't want to leave the the trailing shooters wide open. Well, with Golden State, it's the inverse, right? You want to defend the lane, but you can't leave Steph and Clay wide open. And so it's right. a different thing, but they have the bodies to do it. They have Pascal Siakam. They have Danny Green, who might be the best transition guard defender in the history of the league. He is so good. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Kawhi, they've got Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kyle Lowry is going to do every single thing in his power to stop you from getting you know, what you want. Um, mm-hmm. and Ibaka can run the floor so they have the bodies to do it it's just that you know Steph Curry is the best player in basketball and Clay Thompson is the second best shooter in history uh oh the first best shooter is Steph Curry right like those are those are almost insurmountable issues and I don't know like they're going to struggle to guard those guys Danny Green is probably the way I would do it is I, was, I would throw Danny Green on Steph Curry and I would have Kyle Lowry on Clay. Because Kyle Lowry, you can't post him up. And that's where Clay really gets an advantage because he's decent in the post. Um, mm-hmm. And I would – Danny's length has bothered Steph Curry in the past. I mean, this is like right out of the Spurs playbook. You take Kawhi and you put him on Draymond and you use him to disrupt passing lanes. He can come over and help because you're not worried about Draymond shooting threes. Every three Draymond shoots, even when he makes them, that's a victory you yeah, know, right. for the defense. Yeah, and then, and then you've got Siakam who you can – either stick on the center or you can stick on Iguodala uh, either way, someone they don't have to guard. Yeah, this is it, the thing about them missing KD is that you only have two guys you have to worry about now. Yeah. It's uh, shoot, right? and that that's the kind of nice thing is that I, I feel like people are maybe just a little bit overrating this warrior squad because 
They took a weird win against a Houston team that is prone to very weird losses. Yeah. Um, and then they beat uh, probably the worst conference finalist since Utah beat the We Believe Warriors um, <laughs> in no, like 2007. That uh, that no, they beat them to make the Western Conference Finals. That oh, Utah okay, team so. is not a was. So the point is, I do think that there there are things to exploit defensively against this Warriors offense. Like, and mm-hmm. I and I do like the idea of putting Danny Green on Steph because the other thing that it does is it puts Lowry on Clay Thompson. And if I'm the Raptors, a big part of my defensive game plan is trying to bait this team into post ups because yeah, they're especially post-ups to score, not to pass. Right. Uh, this well, is something that the Cavs did in 2016 with Kyrie Houston Irving. Did it. Houston yeah. did it last year. And this is and because Houston started this thing early last year where they weren't trying to switch their guards out of post-ups. And everyone thought it was weird. I was like, no, Boston. So when Boston has had Isaiah Thomas, the Wizards got their whole game plan got thrown out the window because they were trying to post up Isaiah the whole time. The difference right. is, these guys are stout. Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Kyle Lowry. Like, you're not just going to back them down. No. Not without fouling. And, and not without Kevin great. Durant, more specifically. Right. right. So, yeah, like, to to do those post-ups totally throws off your offense. And I, I'm with you, man. If, if the Warriors start posting up, that works in Toronto's favor. It also slows the game down, and it you don't have these guys running off screens as much. Danny Green's not going to be as exhausted. Maybe he'll hit a couple threes. Yeah, I'm cool with as many clay uh, 12-foot turnarounds as he'll take. And if, mm-hmm. he, and if he gets hot, that's just a thing I'm willing to accept because uh, you know, because that's so much better than anything that uh, – than Steph running off, a, off baseline for a three and relocating. And everything stops moving. It takes another shooter off the three-point line, by the way, which – the Warriors are suddenly in very short supply of. So yeah, I, I really think that the Warriors can do a lot of interesting stuff. And I really, I'm sorry, the Raptors can do a lot of interesting stuff on defense. And I do think it starts with putting Kawhi on Draymond Green, because if there's one thing that the Warriors did find again, it was that Steph uh, Dre pick and roll that was pretty unstoppable against the Blazers. And feels like the that Raptors they- have the best, uh, best setup to defuse that. Uh, yeah, but they only ran it in the fourth quarter. And I'll tell you right now, that's Steve Kerr's game. They go, they could be down 15 in the middle of the third, and you are not going to see a Steph and, and Draymond pick and roll until like seven minutes left in the fourth. It's just, yeah. that's how he's going to coach it. And as maddening as that is, that's just the reality of the situation. Want more great NBA content? This is Jason Pat, co host of the Cash Considerations podcast. Check out my podcast and other NBA podcasts on the network by searching Blue Iron, iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast players. So yeah. two two things. One, our Twitch feed is not very happy, Dave, about yeah, your comment about Steph being the best player in the league. That's, that's stunner. That's, that's, that's brave. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm still, I think he's the most important player on the Warriors. I don't think he's the best player on the Warriors. Um, my, one of my concerns. What's the is, best offense in NBA history? <sighs> Steph Curry shooting 100 times. <laughs> I was going to say the 2017 cast, but okay. Listen, hey, Kevin Durant, um, <laughs> Kevin fantastic. here's the deal. Kevin Durant is, is awesome. And Kevin Durant um, on 29 other teams 
is mm-hmm. so much more important, right? Right. Than he is for the Warriors. And, and that's where a lot of this comes from because it is about context. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I refuse to talk about basketball without taking in the context of it. And in the context of the league is the way it works right now. Steph Curry is the most dangerous weapon. He's a thermonuclear weapon. Now, right. part of that is occasionally he might not hit shots. That's where KD gets a lot of credit from me. He yeah. can he can eight point you to death, eight points a quarter from now until he's forty years old. I have no doubt. Right, he can do it. Yeah, Steph and- Curry can do it. You know, he can put up a thirty point quarter and it's no big deal. Yeah, and I I kind of went off on this. Uh... Uh, pretty recently on uh, the Blue Wire Buckets podcast, which you guys should all subscribe to. The uh, Blue Wire Network's kind of, uh, it's bi-weekly, right, Justin? Or twice a week uh, wrap-up of NBA three times news. A week. Oh, three we're times up to three. During the playoffs. I, I don't know what we're doing during finals. but I, I'm a terrible three. ambassador for the brand. Yeah. Yeah, but, I was going to say this is a great plug before you start going factually incorrect. But uh, I kind of ranted about this. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I, I did kind of rant about this uh, on on the last time I was on that podcast, which is about how uh, people were discussing whether the Warriors need Kevin Durant. And it's right. like, need is a really funny word. Like, they need him to become completely unbeatable in any context. But, yeah. like, people will go, oh, they need him because, you know, they teams can switch on them more and gum up their offense if he's not there. It's like... Yeah, every team in NBA history has had a counter that limited right. them to some extent. And then they had to figure right. out how to work through it. Like, that's not what need is. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's turning the game into easy mode. Yeah. And I, I do think there is an opportunity for the Raptors to upset the Warriors here, especially if Durant misses more than two games or when he does come back, he's limited. And all of a sudden he's playing a little bit of ISO ball. It throws off the rhythm of the team. I also think uh, as Dave mentioned before, them having nine days off is going to kind of throw things off. Cause they haven't really played competitive basketball in a really long time. Like three I know weeks. Well, exactly. And I know Portland went up 17 in the last three of those games, but that was a really Portland was so terribly designed after the the injuries that they went through, both to, to Lillard and Nurkic, to really challenge the Warriors. You have a very poor defensive backcourt. You had no real rim protection. It, it was just a very advantageous situation. So I think that that, if Toronto capitalizes, which is going to be the big thing, could lead to an upset, especially if KD is limited or misses e- – uh, three games or even the entirety of the series. We, we yeah. don't know uh, with him because he hasn't been practicing. Um, one question I want to ask, though, is are we now counting on Kyle Lowry to play really well in the series? Because I, I think he's going to need to step up in a way offensively that he hasn't always done. Like, I think his best quality is he's a floor general. He plays the, the game the right way. When he's on the court, he's always making a positive impact. Even if he's not scoring any points, he makes a positive impact. But I part of me wonders if he's going to need to take on a little bit more of a scoring load just so that they have that reliable second option. Because against Milwaukee, it was a different player every game, but someone stepped up. Like whether it was Pascal Siakam one night, whether it was Fred Van Vliet uh, another night, they were always getting somebody. And I think against the Warriors, you need a little bit more reliability. 
And even though Kyle Lowry played great against Milwaukee and he outplayed Eric Bledsoe, we've also seen Terry Rozier outplay Ter- uh, Eric Bledsoe in a series. <laughs> and then that didn't work out so well the next round. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm all the way in on Lowry. If I was, I think I'd have more confidence in picking an upset. Well, I mean, this is the big problem for Toronto. It's not the defense. The defense is going to be fine. It's the offense. Can you score? Like, we know that the Warriors are going to score. No matter how good your defense is, we know the Warriors are still going to put points up. It's about, you know, you got to stop those 45-point quarter explosions. And I think that the Raptors can do that. Mm-hmm. But can the Raptors score 30 in a quarter? Right. No, I don't think they can. Fred Van Vliet just had the most ridiculous bench player run <laughs> he turned into step he turned into he step really it was hilarious did. and but now part of that is milwaukee they give up wide open threes mm-hmm. he happened to get hot and there you go well golden state's not going to do that they're going to run you off the line like golden state they're going to come out and defend like we saw what they did to dame and cj in, in that in that series by the way all due respect to the portland trailblazers but to lose three games in a row after you've been up 17 points shows you just how serious the, the Warriors ever took them. <laughs> the Warriors only wanted to play one quarter a game. Yeah, That's true. it. And, and so, you know, like people keep telling me, well, the Warriors, you know, they might be, uh, they might have a, a couple of uh, weak spots because look, they got down 17. They got down 17 because they just did not care. Okay. Yeah. So take that narrative, just erase that series. Okay. Completely. Do we you have to think about the Houston series? You got to really think about the last two games against Houston. But, but, is that flip switching behavior? It's like, I, I feel like this is going to be another case of the Warriors need to beat themselves. Right. And I think that when you have those habits, I, I'm just someone that believes that that could come back and bite them. Oh, Steph Curry is for sure in game one, flipping a behind the back pass and hitting what's the, what's his name? The super fan, the Toronto super fan. Nav, yeah, he's going to hit Nav or he's going to hit Drake with this pass. And it's going to be all over Sports Center. That is going to happen in in crunch time of Game One. Yeah. For sure. I, I, Honestly, I really hope if KD does come back, I'm going to be interested to see if Drake gets in his head the same way that he got in Giannis's. He head. didn't give a damn about no Drake night. Giannis, Giannis <laughs> was 100 percent rattled by Drake, and it, it was really funny to the me. The free throws. I, yeah, it's, that was. Yikes. unbelievable um, and i think katie's sensitive enough where he can get worked up by drake and especially yeah, I mean, if he's not if he's not at 100 percent physically and he's a little frustrated with himself because he holds himself to a high standard if all of a sudden he's missing a couple of shots and you got drake just kind of droning on in your ear from the sideline that's going to be really funny to me hopefully yeah. drake goes into his huddle and just starts massaging his shoulders that that would crack me up <laughs> i uh I, I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go now. No, you go. You go. Oh, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna keep responding to that. So this is tough. You had a. I was just gonna talk about KD. (laughs) Here's my thing about KD. If KD comes back, it means he's healthy. Um, you know, the the Warriors aren't gonna put him out there unless he's ready. Nor is he probably gonna want to. I don't. I actually don't think he's. I don't think he's playing. I think it doesn't feel like it's very close. I've heard that the injury is worse. I mean, me and everyone else, by the way, like I'm not breaking any news here. Right. No, that, that, that talk is definitely out there. Right. Uh, but I have heard that it's it's worse than than initially reported, which makes so much sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Warriors don't want it to get all crazy. Also, I, you might want the Raptors to, to worry that he might show up. 
Right. No, absolutely. That's and- the that's the real benefit of a strain, by the way, because it's like a strain is just a uh, you know a marginal tear of the muscle, right? So right. it's like anything can be a strain, and severity really matters here. So they can be like, oh yeah, it's a strain. He'll you know he's working on coming back. <laughs> like you know, there's like it's not as like definitive as like he tore his ACL. He's not playing. Right. If right. if I knew KD wasn't playing, and if I also knew that Kawhi Leonard was at a hundred percent health, I think I would have a lot more confidence in picking an upset. But I just have a tremendous amount of respect for how good Draymond Green is defensively. Yep. And I I think if KD isn't playing, there is the potential for like a Draymond Finals MVP. Oh, I I, th- I he should if be he takes. Kawhi, yeah, I think if he takes Kawhi out of the series, this is Justin just he, prepping to not give Steph another <laughs> Finals MVP. No, no, by no. The way. I, am I, I that transparent? Am I that no, transparent? I, oh yeah, I you are. Think, I do okay. think Draymond should be the favorite going in. I mean, if you watch that Portland series, I thought he was the most important player mm-hmm. because when they did get down, like Draymond is a guy who he's actually trying the whole game, especially right now. He's well, healthy and in shape. Espe- yeah, especially after he dropped the 30 pounds there. So yeah. uh, I don't think he's been trying all year, but he, he seems to give a shit well, now. Remember, he was injured, right? Like that shoulder injury actually hampered him quite a bit. Yeah. And I think it hampered his conditioning as well. Uh, we, well, we, well all know, we all know he likes to hit the elliptical. He likes <laughs> to drag that, the, the elliptical and the, and the bicycle into the sauna. And, <laughs> you know, he wasn't able to do that with the shoulder. So, you know, give, give the man a break. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that Draymond should be the favorite. I mean, his his contribution is not going to just be what he does on the offensive end. I mean, right. it's very likely he'll average a triple-double during this series. Mm-hmm. But with that defense that, that he has, I mean, it's just – that is invaluable to that team. Now, if, if Steph Curry is at 30 points a game or 36 or whatever he had against Portland, yeah. um, please just give it to Steph. Just so that narrative can stop. Like, the guy's one of the best – to ever nah. play yeah See, that, that now that's the most controversial thing you've said on the the podcast that he's one of the best to ever play no 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 that oh. he it's that that narrative needs to die i i want to keep that going on yeah forever. yeah again <laughs> do you know our listeners dave uh one thing that i'm interested in uh, <laughs> uh one thing i am interested in um schematically and well not even schematically it's more about the execution uh, we saw the Raptors play excellent, excellent half-court defense uh, in that last series against the Bucks, but the Bucks didn't make it that hard on them. It didn't feel. I didn't feel like they put Giannis in a lot of great spots. It was kind of yeah. the same collapse and the same four rotations, rinse, repeat, almost every possession over and over and over again. Do you think there's going to be a bit of a shock going up against an offense that's as fluid and dynamic as the Warriors? I think that when you've got Steph and Clay, you're not going to be able to drop into a pseudo zone. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. you, you actually have to worry about them. I I will say uh Kerr likes to run this one lineup with just Clay or with just Steph. So that they're like the only shooter on the court. You may see some zone stuff. Toronto's been running a zone on and on like all year, like against teams that can't shoot. Um Boston. They were, I think they did a little bit against Brooklyn. They did a little bit against Detroit. Teams that struggled to shoot the ball, they, they would actually zone up. Um, I don't think we'll see a ton of it because of those two and how, and how they operate. Mm-hmm. But you know that they can actually – they have a functional half-court offense. Whereas, you know, Milwaukee, their offense was a hammer. And yeah. it just wasn't going to work. I, I mean, you know, they, they literally just kept swinging that hammer – 
and you just weren't <laughs> going to break the wall. Like guy and guys just weren't hitting shots and it doesn't help you. So um, with the Warriors, that's not an issue. They're not going to do the same thing over and over and over again. You're not going to just get Steph and Draymond pick and roll right. all day long, right? Like it's going to be, you're going to get variants. You're going to get like, they're actually going to mix things up and you know, they See, got more than one ball handler too. That's yeah. I have I have a lot of confidence in the Warriors offense. I, I it's kind of a sentiment that I've seen travel on Warriors Twitter, and maybe this is a straw man argument, but I I see a lot of them kind of concerned about the offense without KD, um, just o- over the course of a seven game series against uh, Toronto's defense. That if they're going to lose, it's going to be a result of their offense and not their defense. And I kind of think it's flip. Like I haven't, I have enough confidence in Steph, Draymond, Clay, and the pieces that they have that they're going to be able to score reliably. But I, I think Golden State, when they're fully healthy and fully committed, their defense is at a very high level. But I think if Kevin Durant is out of the equation, Andre Iguodala is coming back from an injury. He's probably going to be healthy, but he's not the same Andre Iguodala that he used to be. I don't know. Is their defensive ceiling higher? or without Kevin Durant than Milwaukee and Philadelphia's like, is this the worst defense the Raptors have played in the last three rounds? It's an interesting question. That is a really good question, actually. Um, Yes. And no, I think, I think because Toronto goes so ISO heavy, it actually is. Okay. Right. So the guys that they get to throw at Kawhi, you know, it's, they're going to throw Iguodala. They're going to throw Draymond. They're going to throw clay might be the three best defenders that they've had to face as far as isolation defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but the warrior, like the warriors defense, isn't great that way. Like the, what makes them great is that when they switch, they can cover, but you're not going to switch much when, when it's just Kawhi out there. Yeah, When it's ice. iso ball. Now, yeah. do you put Iguodala on Kawhi or do you put clay? Um, I think that you probably, Hang on one second. I'm having an emergency at my house. Apparently, hold on. <laughs> no okay. worries. We'll we'll fill. Um, we will absolutely fill a buster. What what would you do, Carter? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I just want to put uh, Iggy on. I want to put Iggy on Kawhi because he's really much more craft uh, right mm-hmm. now than he is uh, explosive athleticism. Yeah, uh, that's just like not really. Uh, that's not what he's able to do, especially while he's hampered. So, yeah. to me, it just feels like that's going to be the way they would go. Um, and then you can kind of put clay on Lowry if you want. Like, I think really yeah, that, that I, would I be a really smart move. I, I, I think you'll get clay on Lowry and this is where you're going to see the difference between clay on Kyrie, who was able to create those shots and take tough shots and Lowry, which I think he's just going to make the right play with clay on him. Yeah. And- what she did against Philly a lot. And it just led to Kawhi going pure iso all <laughs> oh the pupper oh man what happened dave dave uh, just brought up, up yeah sorry uh apparently my dogs got into a fight oh no, oh, no. yeah buddy well this dude just doesn't quite understand the world yet oh, oh. boy yeah oh my god oh man oh. this isn't you're for those listening back to the audio on the podcast, you just missed out on a very, very what cute a beautiful. Pump. That was one hundred percent, one hundred percent, a very good boy. Oh. Well, he's working no, on it. He's a good boy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a seven month old dog. Um, <laughs> balls have to go though. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're, we're ha- having similar discussions in the Rodriguez household about Todd. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. We're, we're having some like some it's weird man because it's not like all the time but every now and again I, when a good pup loses its balls i equate that to kevin durant going to golden state when the blood really gets flowing <laughs> uh yeah, yeah I don't about know. That. wow that was that's actually the first time ever oh that's in all right. the thousands of hours that i've recorded that i've had to say hell oh wait something's happening in my house Welcome well you know what you were bragging number. about receiving compliments from everybody else that this is just another run-in-the-mill appearance for you and yeah. nothing special That's mr it. paid professional and now we, we get <laughs> some of us experience so there you go some of us have a job <laughs> um we were actually just talking about whether they'll put clay on uh, lowry uh what do you think about that uh, yeah, I actually think so. I think that'll probably happen. I think you'll see Steph on on Danny Green to start. Um, yeah, and, you know, just the typical Warriors thing. And, and so you'll have Iguodala on Kawhi, and then you have Draymond as the help guy. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's that's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. And, they're going to be okay. And here's my: if Looney doesn't start Game One, you know where Steve Kerr's head is, and, and this is sort of the conversation that always surrounds the Warriors, like. You talk about the Warriors beating themselves. A lot of times I do think it is because they start out in disadvantageous positions mm-hmm. by starting like Damian Jones and letting yeah, him pick yeah. up three fouls in the first four minutes of the game, right? Like stuff like that. Strength in numbers, so- bro. Andy Verjao yeah. in the fourth quarter of game seven. Thank you. <laughs> if that doesn't happen, I don't think they lose that series. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. He got maybe absolutely not. roasted. Although, let's let's be fair. Verjao did win them game four. Oh, that was so brutal. He made like that, three amazing plays. Sure. So I'm, I'm not taking away one without the other. And also, the one time that they didn't start in a uh, disadvantageous... Oh, my God, I can't speak. But why, that was a good podcast. The one time they started the death lineup, Tristan Thompson beat it out of them. He made them play very shall. so um that yeah. that that was a, a very very fun occurrence but yeah my my concern dave uh which i mentioned when you're gone is with clay on lowry i just think that's going to bait lowry into making the right play rather than forcing a shot against clay and i think if you're getting passive lowry and good team player lowry all the time i i don't know if toronto's going to be able to generate enough offense yeah, that's where you're going to need Lowry to like mimic Steph a little bit, give the ball yeah. up and relocate, but relocate looking to shoot. There right. were times, there have been times during this playoffs where Lowry and Gasol and Siakam all just did not want to shoot the basketball. And say what you will about Danny Green. Look, Danny Green, he, he hurt his ankle and it's been a rough go since then. I, I don't know if it's the ankle that's, that's affecting him or if he's just cold, but the guy is still shooting yeah. and there is a value to that. And so not wanting to shoot and not shooting is just inexcusable. Uh, Lowry, Siakam, and Gasol have to take shots. They have to be aggressive about taking those open shots because the windows aren't going to be there. The Warriors are going to run them off the three-point line. You've got to shoot them when you got them. And, and I think Lowry, like you said, you need Lowry to give you like 18 to 21 a game. No, and yeah. similar and, similar for uh, similar to this series, if they put Clay on him, like, you know, we talk about how he needs to take shots when they're there. I mean, against the Sixers, they often weren't there because they had a 6'10 Ben Simmons on him. Now, Clay isn't 6'10, but he does have a ton of length. I'm worried about his ability just to, to generate shots, let alone take the ones that are there. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Lowry's not going to get off a shot he's against not, Clay Thompson. He's not Kyrie Irving. 
Right. He's not, he's not going to shake. Yeah. Play. He's going to, it's all going to have to be coming off pin downs, maybe in a little bit of pick and roll, he'll be able to get some shots off transition, things like that. But again, the warriors are so good defensively. That's why they're bagging them to play boogie. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, dude. Oh my God, man. I, the, the Raptors should be like flyering boogie slander all over the team hotel for the Warriors. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you got to do something. Yeah. Um, I just think that, again, I think Warriors are going to go win in six because I think the Raptors will steal one, and then it probably goes three to one, and then the Raptors win, you know, game five because mm-hmm. they don't care. Here's a yeah. question for you before, because uh, we're running low on time here, but here's yeah. a question, because obviously you're picking the Warriors. What percent chance would you give the Raptors to win? Because I'm at like a I, I, I think I might end up picking the Raptors on this series just because I do like so many of the things they can do on defense. And I want to see I want to see this Warriors offense stress tested against a team that's actually uh, schematically capable of messing with it. But I, I would put it around like a 51 percent. Like, I think it's a real like my there confidence level is real low. What's your are you, what? Are you picking the Raptors right now? Ah, uh, but 1% means you think the Raptors are winning. Carter 538 Rodriguez. Yeah, no, I'm thinking I will. I think I, right. I think I'm going to. But I'd go. like to hear what percent you would give you, the Raptors you bring up to win. A good point that the Raptors, in theory at least, are switchable. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. they could run that that lineup with a bucket center, and they're super switchy. Yeah, uh, it's just that how many of those guys you trust in a switch? Nah, right? yeah, I think I think how many Warriors players right now do you trust to hurt them in a switch? Um, less I'd than say, usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one less than usual. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I'd give them about a 35% chance. That's a pretty good chance. Yeah. Like, even I though think, you're picking the Warriors in five or six, that's right. a non-zero chance. This is, this is not last year's Cavs team that, that yeah. really like just didn't have a hope. Yeah. This mm-hmm. team actually does have the personnel to, to potentially beat them. Yeah. You know, they, I, they I agree. I, I think personally, I'd put it about a 40% chance now. Which is not that far off from my fifty-one, by the way. You oh dicks. no, no, and I'm I'm probably 11%. I'm I'm definitely higher than Dave. But now I want us all to say whether you believe the chance, the percentage chance that Kawhi Leonard stays is higher or lower than the line set by your your Raptors chances. Oh, so, so I said Dave, 50. do you think you it's a higher? percent chance do you think no. there's more than a 35 percent chance that no. Kawhi stays no i think there's like a five percent chance oh man but also, what if I they do... win what if they win you think he'll leave yeah, if they I, win? I, I think he can i think he can leave if he yeah, wins i think he can leave he can do what. whatever i just find that surprising i know he's a robot but man got that new well, he doesn't make his own decisions i will say lower i will say lower so maybe yeah. i'm a hypocrite so even if they win i think he's probably gonna leave I'm I'm comfortable at a cool forty percent, uh, thirty five percent stay. I percentage. hate speculating about this right oh, now. Who gives a shit? It's a, <laughs> we're morons. Yeah, exactly. No one's no one's listening to us. We're we're fine. It's uh, true. I'm yeah. watching us lose. We're losing viewers right now. Oh no! Yeah, hemorrhaging. Well, they like Kawhi are leaving. Um, so we'll uh, ho- hopefully we get a good finals. Hopefully we get at least someone other than Steph winning finals MVP. Uh, because that that would frustrate Dave and and frustrated Dave provides us with good content. Oh, always, no. 
Uh, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone that was watching live and abandoned us after the uh, the Kawhi speculation. Uh, Thank you to all our supporters. Remember, if you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. And if you want to be part of our Discord chat, send a screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. We will continue our coverage leading up to the draft and then cry when we draft camera. So thanks to Dave. Thanks to Karin. Thank you to all our listeners. Until next time, go catch. Love you. Bye.